Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Today we're going to talk about something that I believe is trying to infiltrate us and kill us surely, but slowly. And it's... Uh, trying to rob and get all of our attention and burst from inside out and destroy our lives. And constantly we are feeding this and we have no real remedy to, to deliver and get ourselves out of it. And I recognize today that there's people here that have come with so much pain and so much hurt and I commend you for coming and just believing that God can do something. And even if you're just slightly intrigued, I don't even know what this all means, but I liked this person that invited me or I liked this graphic that I saw or someone gave me a card and I'm here today. And I pray today that you would experience love in a way that you've never felt before. And if you've walked with Jesus for 30 years and you believe he's amazing, I pray today it would be just as if you just met him again period. And I pray that we would analyze and look and stop for a situation and say, mm, does this glorify God and does this reflect his love? And what I'm talking about is something that was ingrained in me as a young kid. And I was trained that uh, Sunday came and when Sunday came, we spent a dollar fifty, and what did we get for a dollar fifty? Come on, Sunday. Somebody else had this paper, right? And as I got a little older, you know, I, as a kid, I just watch, I look at every single ad and circle them. Did anybody else ever read a paper as a kid? Am I the only person? <laughs> no, no one wants to admit their age here. The paper was something that we devoured. You'd want to know every single thing in it. You read it all. How do you find out what's happening in the world? The paper. And as I got a little older, what I realized about the paper was in the paper was propaganda. In the paper was sometimes slanted information. In the paper was a lot of opinions and some unhappy people. And in the paper was something that was trying to grab my attention and kill me. And you know what it was doing? Because... I'll tell you what, love doesn't always sell. Fear does. And fear is trying to destroy you and I, period. Because it robs us of leaning in. It robs us of being vulnerable. It robs us of being risky for something that matters most. It robs us of trusting again because we've been hurt so bad. It robs us of making decisions like, I'll never do that. Because if I did, then I would have to change this, 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 this. I'll never get on a plane. I'll never go these places. You know, 1 John 4, 18, this chapter, I pray there's an impartation today. There's an exchange. That's what I pray. That today, what God has been birthing in my heart so deeply would be an exchange that you would take home and you would experience in your household. You'd experience where you're at. That when you see this chapter, this chapter is an invitation for you to experience God when you're alone. So 1 John 4, I pray as we study just a few verses here and we look at a few chapters and passages to look at the heart and the nature of God. God, who are you? What do you reflect like? Okay, not what my cousin thought, not what my grandma thought, not what this one experience was because I'm hurt and I don't want to go to another place. You know how many times I hear that people say they don't want to step into a church because they've been hurt 
And you know what? Church is filled with hypocrites and filled with misfits and idiots that are always going to hurt people, but it breaks my heart because I'm thinking, wait, you never met Jesus then. Because Jesus gives us confidence over that. That's not saying it's not going to be hard. Of course it is. But there's something greater that can pull us forward. And I'm afraid that we're fighting the wrong war and we're sharing the wrong news. And we're saying greater is, we say greater is he and me, but the truth is we've been feeling something that's really just God is on the outside. He's sitting on the sidelines. He's wondering if we're going to join him. He's going to join him in his love that's risky and what he promises. And then we start to get invited into his story. 418, I'm reading out the message and the ESV. And when I first started reading the message Bible, I, I, when I first heard about it, I was a little kind of like, what is that? It's kind of new age. I wanted to punch it in the face. You know, this is my like, legalism in me a little bit. I was like, boom. And I find out more. Man, it's written by one of the top scholars in the world. And what I do is when I get on BibleGateway.com, you can look at verses side by side. So you can get the ESV. So if you're like, okay, this is really the holy version. <laughs> Does everybody know the Bible wasn't originally written in English? Okay. That's just that's a little caveat. ESV versus the message. It's not verses. It's both and. I get to see it. I love how one preacher said it. They said, you know what? I see scripture as being invited to the table of a conversation. So I encourage you to read multiple translations. Dive deeper. Find the heartbeat of God. So don't come so quick to conclusive thoughts for the rest of your life. And so you're a little bit more of a working file. And what happens is you'll find yourself a little bit more well-rounded. And you'll, I think, be embraced into the full narrative of what God's doing from bookend to bookend. And still today. So was he just caring about 2,000 years ago? He cares about this very moment here right now. So the Bible is alive. That's what's so cool. And I uh, just challenge you for a moment to, to just think about what that alive experience could look like in your life. I know it's not easy, but you could just get on BibleGateway.com and just read the verse for the day and pause for a minute. Sometimes if I'm going so busy, that's what I got to do. And then I get to unpack it later. So first four... John 4, 18, it says, there is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear since fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. Doesn't it feel like there's two signals in our world today? You have Obama stepping out of office. So when somebody listens to this, uh, it'll just be new events of what's going on. If you listen to this three years from now, just insert your present day events. Obama stepping out of office. You got Trump stepping into office. You got Russia sometimes, like, so some weird, I mean, this sounds like a movie what you're hearing about. They spy in election and this, that. This one news media says this. Another mo- news media says this. Uh, individual comes back from the Iraq war. He's, he's unstable. He goes down to the, the Florida airport and that's why he went nuts. And that, you read more about him. You find out he actually went to the FBI headquarters a little while ago and said he wasn't feeling right. They let him go. They checked his gun and everything. They looked at all these things. And, and then you find out, okay, here's what's going on in the Middle East. And whoa, are we going to bomb this place? Aren't we going to bomb this place? Is there going to be a wall in Mexico? Is there going to be a Mexico? Can I travel here? Can I not travel there? I was sitting down from a local official that she's Hispanic and she's over 50 and she's looking at me in the eyes with tears in her eyes. She says, I, I feel like I got to move because I can't live here anymore because this place isn't safe for me. I'm sitting there, my heart's breaking because I'm like, no, there is a place that's safe for you. And the only place that's safe for you is the only place that's safe for anybody in the whole world, and that is the people of God, period. That's it. It's the people of God, period. 
And I'm thinking, you know, it seems like there's competing frequencies going on and it's, it's feeding. Even when you start to talk about that news, something in us, and we got to be careful because there's just like the survival of the fittest in us where there's just this, okay, big bad, I'm going to take my territory and it's going to be fine. And I know this, that all I got to do is look at my children and find out how they pray. I think I find out how we pray. You know the number one thing they pray for? Anybody guess? Anybody? What's the number one thing they pray? Love. Nope, that'd be sweet. What's the number one thing they pray for? Toys. That was the answer at the rally too. Nope, they don't pray for that. We we already punked them out about that one. Said, no, uh, mommy and daddy. But what about mommy and daddy? Safe. That mommy and daddy would be safe. Every time. Help us be safe. Help them be safe. Help my brother be safe. It's interesting. How are our prayers? A lot of times. Help me be safe. And so there's two, two narratives going on in our life. It's one that says so deeply that we just want to be safe and stable. And if there was two signs here, if I wrote a sign over the speaker and I said stable and safe, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's a nice door. I like that door. And there's another sign here that says risky, unstable, yet eternal life and security. Now, which door is more tempting? We think it should be this one. But what about when everything hits the fan? What about when all things break away and we just want food? My goal is not to somehow falsely create some urgency that's not real. But my goal is I think we're living realities and facades that we're not supposed to be a part of when we're getting robbed of the very thing we're supposed to do, which is love people. And we're sharing news. We're involved in news. We're feeding this other heart in us. It's this fear heart. Scientists say, you know, there's competing fear versus love. Fear and love. Fear and love. See, well-formed in 1 John 4, 18, it says, well-formed love banishes fear since fear is crippling, right? A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one yet not fully formed. And we look at fear and we look at love. Fear and love. And we're thinking, okay, fear and love. What do I do? How do I respond to this? How does God respond to it first? Psalm 2 is such an anti-Illuminati verse. And so if you, if you Google stuff and you wonder if everyone's against you, I think everyone's against you. But God. And people that are for God, when they're showing his character, they'll be for you, but they're going to be prone to stumble because they're fallen, they're broken. And so, newsflash, don't be just trusting any system and just walking into any system. But I think once you become aware and you recognize, all right, this person isn't for me, this person is against me, this person's out to hurt me, then you got to make a decision. How am I going to respond? Afraid or with love? And what type of love? If it's just survival of the fittest, then this is all we have here, then, man, you you might as well believe evolution. And at that point, I don't think a lot of us want to just land there alone because there's some type of conviction that says we don't just want survival of the fittest. It sounds so shallow. Just go kill and conquer and take territory. What is that? Because it's not not the nature of God. It's in us. The nature of God in Psalm 2 why the big noise nations? Why the mean plots peoples? Earth leaders push for positions. Demagogues and delegates meet for their summit talks. Then the God deniers, or they meet for uh, their summit talks. The God deniers, the Messiah defiers. Let's get free of God. Cast loose from Messiah. You know what it, also, all, it kind of feels like when I go to some of the summit talks? 
it feels like the Christians are kind of being pitied on the side. Like, oh, we don't, wanna, we don't want you to pick it. So yeah, you can come along. But by the way, none of the things you believe are in the system. But it's okay. Come here, come along. You know, we think we're like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm in. One, we're not even really in because we're on the outside looking, pointing fingers, saying that system's wrong, but I'm going to come to the thing to make sure my rights are still going to be here. But I don't want to love you and get messy enough so I'm in it and I'm feeling it because you know what? You defied God. And if you defied God, you defied me. And last time I checked, I don't fight on behalf of God with weapons or words of harshness. God fights on behalf of himself and he will get the glory. Vengeance is reserved for his alone. And here's his posture to all of this. It says, let's get free of God, cast loose from Messiah. Heaven throned God breaks out laughing. He's just up there busting a laugh. He's like, you're United Nation talks. You're president candidates. You think you're so sweet. You trusted that system. Are you guys serious? That's what he's thinking. I believe this with every essence of my being. I've seen, I've lived it. And I'm seeing it more and more academically, emotionally experienced. I'm telling you, the system isn't going to be the thing that saves. We're trying to preserve something. When the only thing we can preserve is the love of Christ. That translates anywhere. And then if by God's grace, he, he decides to keep a particular region safe, and if we can be logical and great workers to make more safety for people, then so be it. But it won't be fully safe until the new Jerusalem comes. Down from heaven boom, a new earth. I know it's hard, but it's just true. And so at first he's amused at this presumption. Then he gets good and angry, furious. He shuts them up. Don't you know there's a king of Zion? A coronation banquet is spread for him on his holy summit. God is in charge. Last week we talked about, I am not in charge and that's a good thing. God is. And so if God's in charge over all this, then we can stop and pause and be like, hmm, all right, this news doesn't make sense. That person's sharing something a little crazy. Yeah, that person isn't sensitive to systematic oppression. This person needs a, a gut check, but you know how I'm going to walk in? I'm just going to walk right in the midst of all of it, and I'm going to be the fragrance of Christ. Be invited in that adventure. You know what that does? It says, okay, I know the world's trying to tempt me with all this addiction, I know, girls, you're trying to get attention from some guy. I know, guys, you're hoping that you get attention from some girl. I know when we get dressed sometimes, my favorite thing I saw this morning on Facebook, it was said somebody wrote in City Life that said, I don't have to put on makeup uh, the same way because they'll accept you the same way no matter what. And uh, I was going to put on makeup today, but I just said, hey, I'm going to basically just come as I am. And they, they, they believe that. So I believe that and I belong there. I thought that was amazing. Amazing that somebody felt that they didn't have to put on a show or a front wow, what would it look like? I think it can look like that now. I think it can. I remember as a kid uh, watching the movie La Bamba. Anybody ever watch that? And uh, it was deep, man. Ricky, that's deep. It's a true story. Plane doesn't make it. That impacted me. I mean, deeply impacted me. So much so that when I fly on a plane, don't feel the same. Hasn't ever felt the same. I feel that God has made me naturally to embrace and love gravity. Anybody else? I'm not a hype fan. So God bless you, you ex-gamers and you hype fan people. You're awesome. I love gravity. 
I felt, that's why I love sports, that you can like put your foot, I don't like the skateboard stuff. I mean, I like watching you with the skateboard stuff, but me with the skateboard stuff, it just doesn't go well. So when I'm on the plane, I mean, I'm praying. You think praying in the spirit is, uh, that you've never been with me on a plane. But uh, so anyways, but I've been pushing through since I was a kid. And so I like to say this, it's not that I won't fly, I just divinely inspired fly. So if I'm going to get on a plane, I want to know that God told me to go somewhere. Someone's like, hey, you just want to come out here? We're just going to have this time. We're going to hang out. We can fly here. I'm like, no, I'm sweet. I'm, I'm seriously, I am straight. I'm tight. If you listen to a song I wrote, it's called We Won't Die. I wrote that on a plane to Bogota. It's called, yeah, yeah, boy, we won't die. Pump your fist like this, screaming, we won't die. Hallelujah to the Lord. Yeah, we won't die. What? We won't die. The turbulence is hitting. I'm just writing that thing. I listened to it straight up for four hours straight. Just repeat. And of course, I had the guy behind me. You know those people, like when you're up on the, what is that, the Ferris wheel? The person that wants to swing it, you just want to punch him in the face. And uh, the person behind me is like, oh, you loving this? You loving this? Oh, don't worry. We're going down. That kind of stuff. I'm like, you are so annoying. Right? It hurt. It hurt. It just... Because you know why? Because it was pulling out the fear in me. First John 4, my dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. For in First John 4, 1, okay? My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. Here's how you test the genuine spirit of God. Everyone who confesses openly his faith in Jesus Christ the son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person comes from God and belongs to God. And everyone who refuses to confess faith in Jesus Christ has nothing in common with God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that you heard was coming. Well, here it is sooner than we thought. There's two spirits in the world, the Antichrist at work and God's spirit at work. And I believe God uses, he can use somebody who's not following him uh, he was using me before I ever acknowledged him. And in fact, he's, he's got common grace over all creation. What that means is there's an extension of his love and mercy to everybody that everybody can enjoy some certain benefits of who God is. But in our sinful state, we are naturally rebellious of, towards God all the time. And apart from his grace regenerating us and his love making us new, that we could be an instrument for darkness. And that's really humbling to admit, but as I look back at my life, man, I was an instrument for darkness so many times. And I think even in the body of Christ at times, I can be an instrument for darkness if my focus is in the wrong place. I could be used in a setting where I'm not inviting people to the love and the goodness of God. I'm now into a debate that I don't even fully know because I haven't viewed the full angle. I don't know. I haven't traveled every country, so I can't know everybody's pain. I haven't walked in everybody's shoes, so I can't know everybody's pain. And I think so what a Christian's posture is, not one that's like this, it's one that's like this, it's one that's like this, it's one that says, wow, I haven't seen anyone more beautiful that can take away this issue in my life than Jesus. So let's see what he has to say. So it's inviting people into that, that story. Because here's what fear is. Fear is false evidence appearing real. It's not real. It's not real. And science proves that we are born with two fears, falling and loud noises. All others are learned. It's not a... Like, it's fascinating. All these fears are learned. So it's possible we're picking up fears today. And new things are growing. Once you have kids, you never thought about checking on a human being so often late at night. You're like, okay, he's breathing. How's <laughs> he breathing now? So, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what you do. 
And that's okay. God's given you those natural instincts, those natural desires to want to protect, to love. But there's something greater when he's inviting us to this door. Eternal life. He's inviting us something greater. Something greater. 1 John 4. You dear children are from God. Verse 4. And have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. Jump into verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So this is the banner. Every time you hear preaching, every time you read anything that somebody says, okay, God, you're like, first, is that love? And here's what love looks like. I think this is the greatest love. Not love that comes and takes by power. Not love that comes and compares, well, this household's better than us. They don't got issues. They don't struggle with stuff. Look, if anybody's married over like a day or even been dating over a day, just assume level 10 and it's been crazy. I remember somebody, I told him one time I walked home. Uh, I was like, yeah, Crystal. I was like, we were in a big fight. And I remember I just said, dude, just pull over. I'm gonna walk home. And this person, it was like they saw a ghost. They were like, really? That happened to you? I was like, wow, I didn't even tell you anything bad yet. <laughs> like, oh, I thought that was the, I thought that was the first base. If so, uh, whoa, my bad. I was like, there's way worse stuff that's happened. <laughs> God's grace. I don't stay down. God's grace, he's sanctifying us. And that journey looks different for some of us. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is good because it puts the power in his hands. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That is how we reflect the beauty of God. And I think this is prevalent in the news specifically because what is happening is if we aren't careful, what's infiltrating us is this, that if stuff got crazy and we we haven't ever faced real I mean, like, like nationwide suffering. We look at Chicago and we're like, oh, it's Chicago. Well, there were 700 shootings last year. I saw a picture with people walking with crosses down the street. It was filled with all the kids that have, lives that have been lost by gang violence and different uh, shootings. It broke my heart. Because that's just three hours away and we don't even feel it. But then we get online and we, we're like, oh, let me tell you about this candidate. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell Look, okay. I'm not here to stop your mojo if you think that's your flow, but I do want to think for a second. One, is there anything that you're doing to help the solution? Does it reflect love? And if the answer is no, I've had to delete a lot of tweets because I got some issues that I sometimes want to flesh out. And that's not how we respond. We respond like this, with love. I had a buddy who uh, went to prison and for four years. And he, when I saw him at Better Health one time, he was running uh, from the cops. And the FBI was looking for him. And he was on, he was on doing different phones and, you know, uh, got to go on the run and different things. So he's obviously paranoid. Like, I'm not, I mean, rightfully paranoid. Let me put it that way. And so he's, you know, looking at this where it's hanging out the whole time. He's like, yeah, I can't. I, I was like, well, you, how are you going to hold it? He's like, oh, I, don't, I have a different number or whatever. I could hold it to you or you'll see me. And, and, uh, and then when he got out after four years, they eventually caught him. And it, they, 
he was awaiting a trial and different things. So anyways, it, it was it was belligerent. It was harassment, in my opinion, of how he was being interrogated. And he, uh, it was a white-collar crime, so he went away to a white-collar prison. Gets out, and you know what he said? He said, he was so liberated sitting at the table with me four years later. He looked at me in the face and said, you know what I've realized is there's probably all kinds of bad stuff going on all the time. And I've decided that even if a nuclear bomb went off here right now, that I would rather be throwing the ball at the park with my nephew than spending one second worried about what could happen. What if we lived like that? One second. That's not to minimize the pain, the risk. Absolutely not. What that is though, is why don't we be reconciliation agents better? People that love, when we walk in, here's what I think. Instead of being infiltrated to be used for fear in the wrong news, what about being infiltrated with good news that we're feeling that love in our heart and so when we go to job, we have a different posture. Okay, how can I love somebody today because I've been loved? And what we, happens is we walk into our job place. Our love is broken because we didn't spend time with the one who loves us and the one who loves you and loves me. And that's what I meant by experiencing this when you take this home, to experience this. That first John four seventeen. as we continue in the chapter, God is love. When we take a permanent residence in a life of love. We live in God and God lives in us this way. Love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. That's the main thing we should be worried about when we meet God. Don't be afraid of those that can harm your body. Be afraid of him who can cast away your soul forever. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. Think of that for a minute. You have identical position that Jesus Christ has. Is God pleased with you and me? He's pleased with his son and his son is perfect demonstration of what heaven's love looks like. And when we put our faith in his son, that's what we gain. I am complete because of what the son has done. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear since fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. So fear, yes, it's real. It will be challenging to work through our fears. Our fears to just want to pray for safety alone. But greater is love. My buddy has a tweet here. Tommy, I don't know if you guys got to hear him preach last year. Hopefully he'll be back this year. He wrote, to return evil for good is demonic. To return good for good is human. To return good for evil is the way of Jesus. Man, the gospel's hard, but it hurts so good. That's awesome. I'm thinking through like, what would that would be like? What would that, wow. Enemy love. Jeez, that is hard. I'm telling you, it is hard. Close with these two thoughts. And I, today I want um, us to experience something. Um, to experience freedom. I believe that we've walked in this place with a lot of fears, a lot of anxieties, a lot of worries, and God's love wants to consume all of us and he wants to give us peace and rest because he wants to tell us we won't die. I felt so confident, no matter what is going on around me, when I am at the feet of Jesus and just surrendering everything to him. And as soon as I get out of that place, and if I get online for a second or I start thinking of how I'm going to fix it all, I'm telling you what, anxiety, worry, it just hits me. I mean, there's been times when I, you know, dry heaving, things like that. So many people in America struggling 
with depression nowadays? It's real. You might find yourself at that place today. And I think what's happening too is not only is it real and it needs some serious medical attention at times and it needs uh, spiritual love and, and, and sensitivity and, 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 and the body of Christ needs to be more sensitive to it. But I know firsthand there's been so many times that I'm down because I'm bored, because I'm not living my purpose. And we have that luxury to just get online and share stuff and be on yahoo.com all the time. It's one of my things. I don't want to be on yahoo.com more. It is not producing love in me. It is producing fear. It is, produ- it is the silliest stuff ever. Fear sells. Fear sells. Those movies as a kid, the songs as a kid, it sells. It's been conditioned you since a young age. Now we need to be reconditioned, reprogrammed. Think of ourselves as a new computer. Ephesians 5 gets this so well. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice of God. Imitators of God walking in love. Wow, by his grace. And then now this is how we can declare such a passage like Romans 8. So what do you think with God on our side like this? How can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything at the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with the one of God's chosen? Who would even dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Wow. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold-blooded because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I want more of this today. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing Nothing, living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Jesus, perfect love that cast out fear. Greater is love. Greater is love. To share the good news I want that to be my life story. And it is most challenging when I've been around something for a really long time that I think is aggravating, even logically. And so if you've been around maybe um, broken environments for so long and you start to get a little bit developed and, and you start to think, I don't even want to be a part of that anymore. Jesus gets it. He gets it. He created the world and yet he came down and lived in the very... Uh, lowest parts of it and took the worst death of it and then took the wrath for all of our sin. He got that. So you came in this place today, you wonder, wow, how do I even experience this love? I pray that today you would say, uh, simple, man, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need you. And you came in this place today and you want deliverance of fear. I, you know what? I never want to think about the La Bamba movie ever again. I don't want to think about any of that junk. It's cool. The songs were cool, but I, ain't, I don't, look, it's tied to every time I see a plane. I don't want that anymore. And if you, uh, I, what I've been envisioning 
all week long is us holding out our hands like this, open palm and giving up our fears in exchange for gaining God's love. And I wanna pray for us and, and then we're gonna watch this song. We're gonna watch, um, it's the Hillsong, it's rule that God, it says the perfect love cast out fear. It's got this great lyric in it and we give it all because of Jesus, all to Jesus. He's the ruler, he's the master. If you're part of that today, just uh, extend your palms out. You can close your eyes. You can look around. You can whatever. Wonder if it's weird. It's all good. I trust God today through his Holy Spirit that he's meeting you where you're at. He cares. He didn't just write things that we would just read and come in this place and just look at and be like, wow, that's really neat how that all connects. He wanted to have that continue through the Holy Spirit that he left a band of misfits that weren't even fully trained to go take this message of hope and love to all the world through suffering and persecution, that it would stand higher than any national border or any international issue or any situation that comes and though how challenging it may be and all the fears that try to come as a result of the worry and the trying to have security and even good intentions to try to protect and, and secure and provide for people. God, I pray that we would recognize it's you who's in control and we give it up all to you in exchange for your love today. God, we give you depression. We give you fears. We give you our brokenness. We give you our addictions. And we thank you for your grace that even when we stumble, it's hard, and it's, we're going to get back up. You're going to get us back up. Your love, your mercy, your peace. And God, today I pray that you'd give us a new vision, a new movie that would play, a new, new news, if you will, that we would read, and it would show us in every setting how do we extend this love? How do we let your love permeate a region? How do we let it permeate the workplace, fill up our households and our marriages, that today maybe it comes with, I'm sorry. Or it comes with, hey, I need some help. Jesus, meet your kids right now in this place. Even those that have, they don't feel like kids anymore. In fact, they're stubborn. They built their own house on sand because they were afraid to let anybody in but you know, I pray that you would dive to the deepest parts of their hearts. We'd feel freedom to believe again, freedom to love and freedom to forgive, freedom to walk in newness of life and what that looks like for people in this city, in this region, the state, this nation, the world. That our life song won't be what walls we talked about or what sanctions that happened, but we stuck up for the voiceless. We cared about those that no one cared about and that we let you love us in a powerful way. Jesus, I thank you for your power that's in this place right now. I thank you for the deliverance that's taking place for people, the freedom that's taking place for people. And the freedom more for me. I thank you for that. And our family. 
the families represented here and the one family that we're a part of here at City Life and then the greater, the, the biggest one family, the church, the one church you have all across the world. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for loving us enough to just clean us up. Get us ready. Thank you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.